side of Texas, history has its place. On the other side of Texas, justice rules the case. They don't like it, they don't love it. They say we're all wrong, but on the other side of Texas halls, we roll on. Hey there. Grinning ear to ear, Jay West, Texas Leeson. Glad that you're tuning in and you're telling more and more friends that you are hanging out here. On the other side with us in studio, we have Daniel, the digital guru millennial. Hi, Jay. But you were telling me that there are a lot of people who are listening to the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I would say... um... In the last month, we had 19,000 listens total. Well, I thought it was over 20. Over 20? I think I was 21. I can look at it well, right I mean, now. okay. But anyway, podcasts continuing to do well. And yeah. uh, you keeping up with that stuff. And that's why I say thanks for telling your friends that you hang out to grab their phone. You're by the water cooler. You're at the bar. You're at the golf course, wherever you are. And uh, on the turn row. Grab your buddy's phone and just uh, hit the podcast thing on their iPhone and go subscribe them to Other Side of Texas. We are broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash, vroom, vroom. Voted Lubbock's Best Wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around. Guaranteed, and I guarantee it too. Racerwash.com. This program is being recorded on a Friday. So we're going to have a little Friday leisurely activity as we roll along. Here, uh, Daniel, the digital millennial guru. Just rolling, bro. Uh, has some news notes that we're going to get into in the next yeah, segment. We're going to talk about um, First Friday Arts Trail in Lubbock, which is a big deal. And Daniel's got some, some clues. It's a pretty big millennial scene. Yeah, I would say it is. I'm actually going to. I've got a new, a new office. I'm going to go maybe pick up a couple of prints tonight. Nice on first Friday arts trail. Well, let me know if you want to print. I'll. I have a few. You're photos. gonna have. To, you're gonna have to talk louder. Oh, sorry, my bad. No. Um. Yeah. If if you want some photos, you know, I've taken quite a few for the yeah, city of Lubbock. Downtown. So yeah. So yeah, uh, I should think about you. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Are you going to give me a discount? I just print it off for free. Just, man. I mean, you got buy the frame, but man, you know. Well, never mind. I'm not going to first Friday art trail. Uh, so we'll get into that, man. Especially after the show. So last night I had a political epiphany. Wow. And I'm gonna do what I do, and it's rave on here, even if it flusters some folks. <clears throat> yesterday I left this program with one question because we get with the newsmakers we do the interviews uh, throughout the course of the week and then I get to go home I drive home I don't have on the radio I just think about what I've heard it's kind of like I hope you think about the podcast after you get done or you're listening on live air uh, think about what you've heard and I just think, I don't come to the show with an agenda. I want to know things. I'm curious. Right. And that's the power of a microphone is, well, I'm curious about this. Let's get with these people. Let's see what they have to say. And apparently, a lot of people share your same curiosity. Yeah. So, I don't want to, 
I want to have people on the program. I would want to run a program that I listen to. That's kind of my mantra. If if I wouldn't listen to it, then I ain't doing it. Okay? Yeah. And we got to be original, smart, and funny. That's always my rules. Original, smart, and funny. So uh, we get people who rave on like us on the program and get to hear about it. But I left the program yesterday. Of course, we're, we were talking about House Bill 2 and Senate Bill 2 and this kumbaya between the House and the Senate on how we're going to take the rate. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to lower the rollback rate to 2.5% from the current 8% for all taxing units, mostly cities and counties, with more than $15 million in combined property and sales tax revenue, which would exempt a lot of rural counties and uh, rural communities. But I just began to think about that, and the more I thought about it, there it's a two-tiered problem that you hear. The loudest and most vocal that I hear is that it's it's public education stupid. The state is not putting in the money that it ought to for public education, and so we're having to pay up from a mostly residential, lots of commercial. Uh, but from a residential property standpoint, we're paying the difference of what the state is not kicking in anymore. People want to see their taxes decrease, and the best way to see them decrease is for the state to kitty in, put more money in the kitty in order to alleviate property taxes. But if that's the main problem, a tangential problem that we hear about, is that we need to put a cap back down. Now, back during the Carter, well, before the Carter administration, I think caps were like at 4%. And then inflation and all that stuff just roared up. And then over the past 30, 40 years, we've inked our way back up to 8%. And that's a cap. You can't go over 8% in a fiscal year. And if you do, you've got to have rollback rate election. People go to the polls and vote on whether or not they want those taxes to increase. So what a lot of, most, by and large, they don't approach 8%. Unless it's a rural county that's had a bad commodity year and they have to jump up to fix it. We've had uh, Lee Norman, uh, Garza County, we've had other people on the program to discuss that. But now it's at 8%, and in order to, and this is the problem that's, and mark my words, this is going to be a problem in two years. It's being sold as your property taxes are going to go down. They're not going to go down. They may be limited, but they won't go down. And even if they are limited, here's the problem. What are you going to do for... Well, we need a certain amount of money for roads. We need a certain amount of money for for personnel. We need a certain amount of money for health care. Well, you can't bond personnel. You can't bond health care. So what do you do with your budget? You take care of the health care. You take care of... Uh, you're going to take care of the personnel and hiring personnel. And what are you going to do in bonds? You're going to go for that infrastructure. Right. You're going to go for the roads... You're going to go for all that other stuff. 
So, to me, on its face, this seems to be, because who's going to vote against Rhodes? Lubbock County's about to have a bond election on Rhodes. Do you think that it's going to get voted down? I don't think it's going to get voted down because they're going to put roads in Idaloo. Right. They're going to put them going to shallow water. They're going to put maybe a, throw a little dime up to Abernathy, and then they're going to build Woodrow Road in front of the third fastest growing school district in Texas, Cooper. And then the new loop? Well, that won't be on the bottom. Okay, I don't know. That's a totally different... It's, it's okay. It's not your job I to just, know. I just thought You're roads, just throwing in. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, but... So far as what the county is responsible for, they're about to have this big bond election, and people are going to vote for it because they have to vote for it. So at the end of the day, I think all we're doing is saying, okay, we'll go with the lower cap, and it won't end at 2.5 because there's a guy, what's his name, the guy in Amarillo, oh, Kel Seliger, that's who, is not going to be down with 2.5. And so... Right then, the House is already smirking, saying it's going to be 6%. It's going to be between between 8 and 6. That's going to be what the, negoci- what the negotiation goes to at the end of the day. At least that's my initial read, unless Dan Patrick gets a few Democrats to go in with him yeah. in the Senate. Um, Which... Which they've been known to do. Yeah. He's been known to be able to flip Democrats in the Senate. And my initial read on all of this, and I put this up last night on Twitter. You can follow me along at Jay Leeson on Twitter. But on Twitter, I said last night that this is my big text ledge question of the day. If school finance is the chief cause of rising property taxes, and it is, why wasn't a joint school finance fix rolled out before HB2 and SB2? That's the question. And what begin, just begins, and I just want people to hear me out. I'm just asking an honest question here. The way the story's been billed is that Dennis Bonin came in and pickpocketed, at least this is the way I've heard folks with Texas Tribune tell the story, that he came in and pickpocketed everybody else and became Speaker of the House. Came out of nowhere. Here's my operating theory right now. Bonin was always in play. Yeah. Because Bonin wanted these tax caps last legislature the governor wants to look as though he's done something about property uh, taxes. It's now the highest ranking, uh, well, it's got the most voter approval behind it. I think it's an inside job, and I'm going to say it here, and people are going to be upset oh, about man. it later. I think that Bonin, I think that, and I don't want to say, do not hear me say Dennis Bonin is the most calculated, shrewdest, smartest man in Texas politics right now. But I think that Bonin was always in play, and it was a play that was going to come out at the last second. Because the rule is, and I talked with a lot of people down in the legislature as the speaker process rolled out, their response to me was, you don't want to be the first guy out of the gate. You don't want to be the second or the third. You want to be a horse that comes out later. And I think that Bonin stayed in the stable and 
I think that I don't know who orchestrated this, but they are the genius in Texas right now. There's some Carl Rove Jr. out there that orchestrated this. And I think that Bonham was now I think that Bonham was gonna be the speaker under the governor's guidance in a <clears throat> a widely calculated effort. Now that's my first theory. The second theory is that Bonin was on board with tax caps last legislature, got shot down in ways and means, came back out, went back out, I think at like 6% down from 8% cap. And the people who went against him paid the price for it once Bonin became speaker. They got sidelined this session. And it's either that it was an inside job or Bonin saw the opportunity and people in the middle who didn't have a lot of power under Strauss saw the opportunity to get behind Bonin and present a majority. That's my operating theory right now. I've not heard anybody else say it. I'm giving you an original thought, but that's how I see how things have unfolded. And that's that comes to bear on what I tweeted last night why you saw house bill two come out before a school finance fix because the school finance fix now can you even do a school finance fix if you're at two percent 2.5 and you don't know how you're going to come up with the monies that the schools are shorted and what's the senate doing right now daniel the digital millennial guru is the senate on board for pouring a bunch of money in the school districts into government entities or do they want to give money to teachers oh, they yeah. got some three billion dollars to go straight to teachers five thousand a dollar a year raise you know that's, they want that's the, money the money to money. go directly to teachers not to make the school district solvent and make property taxes go down but you know how much of an impact is five thousand dollars a year when you're making twenty five thousand dollars a year well you know that's significant and you're already and I'm gonna, like super i'm not going to dismiss it but if the core issue, if at the center of the core, the issue is, like, the teacher salary, that's penultimate. That's that's secondary. Right. It's close, but it's not the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter right now is, what do you do to put money into school districts so that your property taxes go down? The Senate is not on board with making your property taxes go down from the school district level. They don't want to go back 20 years and take your 55 cents of every dollar and turn that back into more like 38 cents every dollar that you put into your property taxes. They are not on board with that. They want to continue the course that we're on, and it's not going to fix anything. And my ultimate thing at the end of the day is nobody's property taxes are going down. Nobody's property taxes are going down. They may be mitigated under HB2, but it's not going down. And then you look at other issues. In Lubbock County, which is fertile ground for crazies to come from outside to within, and lots of people within, like so many of the core activists of the Lubbock County Republican Party, I don't even know what they do for a living. Because they don't know about real economy. They don't know how the place works. 
They don't know what makes it turn. And what makes the Lubbock economy work, and I've said it and I'll say it again, medical right. and health care in the downtown. What's the well, number one vocation in Lubbock? It's nursing. Right. It's agriculture and federal programs for agriculture. And it's higher ed and public ed. And then everybody who gets contracts from there. That's why Lubbock has such a thriving uh, thriving small business industry that we do. And that's not to say that nobody works hard. They work hard for those contracts. I'm not saying that there's anything shady going on there. Right. I think that hardworking people earn the contracts that they get. But people at the core, and I challenge anybody from, not even challenge, I invite some of the core activists in the Lubbock County Republican Party to come on air and challenge me on that point because I will put your teeth on the curb and step on the back of your head. Wow. Because figuratively. Right. Figuratively. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, American History X. Yeah. You know. I'm glad that you've seen that. Yeah. Well, Daniel the Digital Millennial Guru. Yeah. Uh, hard to, to forget. But that's how... A lot of rural, not just Lubbock, but rural economy works Yeah, is around those industries that are commercial enterprises that happen to be government. I think back to Lubbock County did a, the federal government came in and said that Lubbock County needed to build a new detention center, right? And said uh, it was a federal judgment that said you will build a new detention center. So, the county put out, put it out to vote. Of course, it passed overwhelmingly. But if you're going to build in what was a 7-Eleven, and you got to build a new Walmart, a super Walmart of detention centers, guess what you have to do then? What do you got to do? Find contractors, right? You got to find personnel. You oh, got to hire it. new people. Yeah. And new people with benefits that make it a job worth doing so you don't have low lives off the street just coming in saying, yeah, I can I can handle this unit. Well, And what does that cost is my point. Right. It costs. So what do you do? Tax money. You go up to 8%. Right. Now, do you put that out for another vote? Yes. And there will be people, people with whom I disagree, but people who will say well of course taxpayers would see the need for that right but what about when outside interests come in and say you don't need that you can manage by what you have well then it becomes a little bit more complicated because you had to hire at least a third uh, a third more than what you had to manage that new detention center and but that was from a federal mandate right right and so there are the commodity arguments that are made on the rural county basis that, you know, you could have wheat here and then it could drop down. And then the next year for you to go to 8% where you were the year before, um, in anywhere near where you were three years before. But whenever you get mandates coming down, what if people say no? What if Lubbock County were to say no? I think plausible. Lubbock County could say no we're not going to go beyond the 2.5%. Right. So what happens then? Kelly Rowe doesn't get the new vehicles that he needs at the sheriff's at the county sheriff's level. He doesn't get 
the patrol cars that he needs to trace down, track down narco terrorists on county roads. Going in, do you want do you want your county sheriff deputies driving around in a ten year vehicle, ten year old, fifteen year old vehicle going one hundred and ten miles an hour? I doubt it. I doubt that's what you want. That's not really ensuring the public interest. Now, maybe they should hire me to make the pitch whenever they need to go beyond the 2.5. But that they're going to put the handcuffs on local entities like that is not local control. And this is what I want to close the segment with. Here we go. You already know where I'm going. Oh, I feel it. Pete Laney. Boom. Pete Laney will smirk at you and say, 25 years ago... Those Republicans came up to Caprock, and they said they were going to do something about local control and term limits. And then he'll be silent for a moment, and then he'll say, I ain't seen them do nothing about either one of those things or you. And that's the problem. And I speak from an independent view on this, on this radio station. But in Lubbock, in places like Lubbock, this may stick. But in other places, places that tinged purple last election cycle, this stuff does not stick. And I'll just quote my good friend. I'll you go from Pete Laney to Brandon Darby. It's because of rural regions that Republicans still stand. Right. And if we continue this kind of legislation and continue this handcuffing local officials from making what's best for their place policy then republicans will continue to lose and until the real problems address and that school finance republicans will lose and will believe me the house could turn in 2020 turn democratic well you know it's up to millennials you know we're we're woke as they say politically uh, but for how old are you me i'm i'm turning 30 this year so it's starting to matter to me and definitely i'm i'm i guess i'm in the more of the middle as far as like millennials go but um you know like we're starting to build families we're starting to you know pay taxes for the first time i think you know this will be my third year to pay taxes so it's starting to matter to me i'm you know like what's happening with the money that i'm getting what's you know what kind of education are my children going to get you know um we're fairly left-leaning not me particularly so where do you want it to go just watching and you got to make arguments that matter to people yes it's uh the people who vote hey uh gonna get into a quick break got kind of carried away there uh get in with some news? You got some news for us we need to I cover? I got a little bit up? of news. Yeah. I have like a, you know, soft segment where we're going to talk about mentorship and this experience yeah, I'm we're going do through that right later. now. Okay, okay. You know, uh, plug some, you know, First Friday Art Trail. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff. Here in Lubbock, yeah. That's where we're headed after the show. Stick right with us here on the other side of Good Friday, Casual Friday, here on the program. Uh be right back with you. Quickie break. Couldn't ask for better weather. You were sitting with a grin. You do the sound of hailstones hitting ten. 
We were driving in, Daniel, and there is, uh, we've got a scooter epidemic in Lubbock right now. Uh, people love them, hate them, but we're out at 66th in MLK in Lubbock, which is, by Lubbock standards, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. There are no sidewalks. There's a field just to our north, and up in the corner of the field... Is a lime scooter. Is a scooter. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Wait, have you ever driven a scooter that far? And I just assumed that they drove it three miles. Yeah, the furthest I've driven a scooter is I live off of uh, 34th in Indiana. I went to a coffee shop, J&B, and then I went to campus, and then I went downtown, and then I came back. All on the scooter? All on the scooter. Man, you logged, what, eight miles? Is that what that was? I felt like five miles about... You know, okay. It maybe, didn't. Maybe it didn't feel that far. It's a long time to be on the scooter, though. Were you scared for your life in Lubbock? Because um, here's the problem with Lubbock: is that the streets are like runways, right, with striping on them. Yeah, the I would say having the 50 mile an hour, 40 mile an hour residential roads, those are very dangerous to cross on a scooter. But the the bike lanes going around, you know, Tech Terrace and Texas Tech. And you know, going into downtown, th- those actually provide some sense of security. I will say that you know, people on bicycles don't appreciate you zipping by them on your scooter because they're working to get where they're going. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm paying to get where I'm going, you know, by the miles. So I feel like it evens out. Somehow. Hold on, hold on. Breaking news. Oh on wait, a Friday. Wait. Breaking news. Right now, you got to go out there to my. To my ring app. Oh update. my god. There are people at my door and I don't know who they are. Oh man. The ring neighborhood is one of the worst things to be affiliated with. People are like, oh, lost dog. Oh my oh, god. There are people on my door. You know what? People are on your doorstep all the time that you don't know. Now, I'm not advocating that people go up to doorsteps and take things on the doorsteps. But strangers come to your door all the time. That's why you have a door. Yeah, let's... They might be the neighbors you don't know because all you ever do is enter in through your garage on the back of the house. The Ring app... We're actually in the same neighborhood. Wheeler, Montgomery, right? I mean, we live within... Like two... a couple blocks of each other. No, not a couple blocks. I mean, a couple that takes miles. Me... Really? Yeah. I'm on 39th Street. Hey, don't specify where you live okay. on the live air. You All said thirty right. fourth in Indiana. Come on down. Yeah. People, I'll I'll record you on my ring. It's just how paranoid people are is Yeah. Is well really I will And say- I did get a listener I did get a listener communication that said that I need to be more careful whenever Mike Bazaar's on the program because it brings out my paranoia oh. and somebody is going to extract audio from that one day and it may sound a little bit like this you think i am like oh shocked by it so i'm up here bashing it because i don't like gay people i don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay do you understand that serious crap oh man yeah yeah that i've been told that whenever bizarre is on air uh that that's kind of what i begin to sound like the great frog gay agenda 
Yeah. Okay, so let's get into some uh, some news. Okay. Have you been to Midland lately? I was in Midland about a month ago. That drive is beautiful, I would say. Yeah. It's just majestic seeing the these giant 100-foot flames shooting off into the air. and Well, it's not even that. I'll tell you what I think. Here's my idea of hell. Okay. My idea of hell is driving to Midland in 120-degree heat with no air conditioner, having to listen to Sean Hannity sing mariachi music. That's oh. my idea of hell. Wow. But but that's back whenever 349 was just two lanes. Now it's four lanes. Oh, well, spacious. that's nice. Yeah. And you don't have your, your windshield getting rocked by all the oil-filled trucks. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. Hannity's had some voice lessons since then. But, boom. You know, uh, unauthorized air pollution in Texas up 27%. I'm reading this off the Tribune. Who who made it unauthorized? Who They're saying that it's, you know, 63 million pounds of hazardous and climate warming pollutants. They're, they're just letting it loose. Where's it coming from? Coming from Lid- Midland, Odessa, Permian Basin. Oh, so they pinpointed Midland, Odessa. Yes, West Texas. What's what's the headline on the story? I just read it. Okay, well, who yeah. wrote the story? Uh, Collier. Kia. Okay. All right. I don't know if it's a guy or girl. That's a girl. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 63 million pounds. We're poisoning this area. In the air. Yeah. That must really freak you out, Daniel, the it, digital millennial It absolutely guru. freaks me out because natural gas burns cleaner than oil. It's clean energy. You know, they're talking about, you know, clean coal, whatever. Actually, natural gas is how we're going to, you know, transition, as they say. Do you know who agrees with you? Who? Vladimir Putin. Oh. How does that make you feel? Um... I'll have to, um... He's red, white, and blue in a different way, by the way. Okay, yeah. I, I don't know about that, but I will I will say that, you know, natural gas, there's a lot of it. We need to capture it. We need to sell it. Make more money. How many pounds into the air? 63 million how pounds. Do they, how do they even get that calculation? Um, they have satellites. You know, <laughs> spectrometry. Spec- you know, whatever. I coughed because I was about to start laughing. Oh, yeah. Satellites can measure weight. Satellites can measure volume and amounts. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else you're concerned about? I would say uh, you're not going to like this one. So why are we going to do it? Because I want to get you wrong. Because it's Daniel D- Digital Go- Millennial Guru Friday. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, they they botched the illegal voters. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. I don't know why you say that's going to upset me. No. They put out, they gaslighted that all these illegal voters had voted. Trying, and what I think what you see is both sides trying to come up with... Let me riff on this for a minute. All right. See, I knew this was going to be a good Here's one. Here's the thing, is that you're beginning to see both sides kind of push-pull in the public opinion things that matter. Right. So, the Republicans, and I think 
I don't disagree on this account. Uh, late-term abortions is the big thing that they're pushing right now. That uh, places like New York and I think Virginia, uh, the Virginia governor, uh, wanting pushing for like last-second abortions, like uh. dilation and aborting at that point. Um, That's... And then, but I don't want to get off into the whole thing about abortion. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I happen to believe that you can understand how an economy works and be against abortion. It's not an either or. And I don't know why we've turned it, this into, uh, you have to be, and there are folks who do this all the time. They do this for a living. And this is what our politics of our day are. You have to be baited with your social concerns in order to be exploited with your economic interests. And it just bothers me all to get out. The Democrats, on the other hand, That's how, how much of the time on air do I spend in a populist fury saying that both parties have sold out the middle class? Both parties have absolutely sold out the middle class. The Republicans did it with the last tax cut. The Democrats have gone from the working man's party to this identity politics conglomeration of all these different groups. And it drives me crazy that in order... So now, you can't be a Democrat because you're concerned about your 401k like my grandfather was, right? Or my great-grandfather. Now, maybe not 401k, but just that somebody had the working man's interest in, in mind so they weren't exploited by Rockefellerian Republican interests. Rockefellerian, I think, is the word. Uh, but it weren't exploited by big capital interests. Right. Well, now that Democratic Party is no longer... That's not their lead anymore. Oh, it's all globalism, man. It's down, like, at the in the middle of the party platform... And that's what grinds my gears about. If Democrats brought that back up today, if that were their lead issue, then I might be able to go with them. Yeah. But all this identity politics that I got to be cool with. It's a distraction. I got to be cool with all these, as you say, distractions. Yeah. Then no, thank you. It's, I'll just try. I'll do my best to keep Republican interests on the ball. Yeah, the, if Democrat interests are not going to be paying any sort of attention to it. It's keyword politics and it's, you know, rage rage politics. You know, you're outraged, it's so much easier to communicate online if you're outraged about something, you want to signal your morals to your friends and, you yeah, know, you want to hit the for, keywords. And that's the deal is like what is the morals of the Democratic Party right now? I would say the morals of the Democratic Party is I'm rich and I can take care of you. That's what that's what you know, you see all these billionaires right now coming out saying, Oh, you know, vote me in, you'll get your university, you'll get your um you know, health care, you'll get your benefits. I'm I know what you need, I'm gonna take care of you. No. That's what they're saying. Well, right now. I, I can go with you on that to a degree, uh, but it's also you better be down with LGBTQ. You better be down with this identity group. That I mean, you got to check like seven check marks before you get down into blue collar economics. Right, and that's the Democratic Party's problem right now is that they don't see that they can seize upon that 
And like it's like I hear Republicans say all the time, we have a huge deficit in this country, and it's because of uh, it's because of uh, food stamps, and it's because of health care is running awry, and the poor feeding upon food and health care, and there are huge loopholes in this country. Even the even the controller of the state of Texas has gone in and said, if you want to recoup some money, we ought to close some of these loopholes. Right. Like some, like, I can't even remember what the number was. It was billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. How but, much, the, but the Republicans, like, let's start with this. If you want to fix the federal deficit, I'll, I'll go tick for tack with you. Yeah. Let's do something about food stamps. Because even if you did something about food stamps, at the end of the day, I'm convinced that you would not, you would not do nearly the deficit reduction that Republicans have in mind. If you did something about food stamps and the loopholes, now you got some traction. Right. But who's giving out? Who's doling out all the money in order to have those loopholes? So they aren't going to go against that. What we need in this country is a bipartisan effort to eliminate to eliminate welfare mitigate I should say mitigate welfare and mitigate loopholes and just go back and forth left and right left we'll do this you do that we'll do this you do that back and forth back and forth and then you'll see some traction on the deficit and what's happened with the kind of loopholes that we've made for people. And I hear all the time, well, you know, that's we shouldn't just be giving away that money. Well, we are giving away money and we're giving away exponential money yeah. to wealthy capitalized interest. I would say, you know, if you're going to put on your foil hat, look up the Panama Papers. There are so many prime ministers in all these other countries that were jailed because what they're doing is they're offshoring their responsibility. They're offshoring their accounts. It's super easy to do. Everyone's doing it. I mean, Apple, they have billions and billions of dollars of cash. They're not paying taxes. Yeah. And then it's a U.S. company. And the, and also you have, you know, Tim. But nothing, not a word. Yeah, not Tim Cook, word. he's, you know, I mean, they push, all, I mean, the company itself pushes all these social agendas. But, I mean, the number one social agenda is to pay your bill. You know, pay your responsibility and to the country. And people say, uh, so... This is going to be me having my own integrity here. I've got my new iPad Pro right here. We were just talking about it before the show. I'm trying to buy your old one. And, yeah. And I've got my iPhone 10 right here. Okay? I've got my AirPods in my pocket. You're flexing, bro. So, I say that to say, if my AirPods cost me $200... Right. ...to be made in a way that is has some reciprocity to yeah, it some... then i would pay for it for the quality right somebody told me the other day price is only a concern whenever value is not involved and if you're given real value for what you're paying for then you're going to pay for it and those products are worth paying no hold on we've gone a long ways off the turn road here yeah we... my point is this that the republicans with what you said about the illegals voting in elections that was a flyer, and I think an irresponsible flyer by the Attorney General mm-hmm. and the Secretary of State, even the former Secretary of State of Texas, saying that that was the wrong thing to do. 
what they tried to do was trumpet it up and i'm not using trump as a pun they're trying to trumpet a an election issue and they made it sound like 95,000 people voted illegally and whenever you go into tarrant county in this last election in november fort worth and you see the margins of those victories and you begin to think 95,000 and there was 2% difference like 4,000 people decided an election then that begins to matter and that's what they did and they gaslighted it and now it's backfiring to use the same combustible metaphor Um, and I'm glad to see it Uh, listen we got it we got to go make some money right quick we're we're way behind Oh, we are? Yeah, you've really got me going. Am I going to get like 10 minutes to talk about mentorship? Yeah, I think we'll talk about mentorship. Okay, cool. Are you you sure? I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's get some good outro. Get back in here on the other side. Daniel, the digital millennial guru, How's makes it going? this show. I need to inter, I should have introduced you better. So yeah. what we do is we take this program and put it up on podcasts. You go in and you trim out all the commercials. Yeah. You make it. You spoof up the audio, make mm-hmm. it podcast worthy, and then put some commercials in there. Do some mojo, and then yeah. you handle our social media stuff. Yeah. That's what you do here. Yeah. Yeah. Good employment. Yeah. It's suitable employment, right? Yeah. I enjoy uh, it. So um, I'm glad you do. If you just said you don't enjoy it, then we'd have an awkward conversation on it there. It would be super awkward. Uh, but tonight is First Friday Art Trail yeah. in Lubbock. If you aren't in Lubbock every First Friday, Lubbock, like these salt-of-the-earth, super conservative folks, go downtown and just have a really good time. Probably one of the best events around in Texas every first Friday in downtown. But you want to talk to us about mentorships with First Friday Arts Trail? Oh, I just want to talk about the the uh, uh, topic of mentorship. But I was gonna pl- I was gonna plug some stuff for First Friday. Okay. Yeah, just go out, buy actually buy some art. That's something that uh, I see a lot of over the years in. in con- you know, contributing art to the art trail and having friends is that there's a lot of watching, there's not a whole lot of buying. And there's a lot of people in Lubbock that can afford $30 for a print. And there's some, you know, it's a mix, you know. There's some people who are learning their craft and there's some people who have advanced their craft. But they're not going to become anything without a little bit of help. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with believing in somebody and buying something. And But the artistry level per capita in Lubbock is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I mean, even back to what, on Sunday we're going to celebrate the day the music died. Right. Or remember the day right. the music died with Buddy Holly. But Buddy is just one of many examples of Lubbock artists. There's so many. You know, like right now I'm, I'm working with... Do uh, you think it's because... Lubbock can be such a monolithic place of we think this way, we do this thing, and then you've got these black sheep off to the side that try to that that try in some way to demonstrate 
to demonstrate, excuse me, what what's inside them, how they really feel. I, I'm sorry to go like, nah, I sound like the it's, millennial, but there there is some there's a, there's an element of um, rebellion, but you know, to speak of of my own uh, experience being a creative person in this town is there's not a lot to do. So you can really focus in on your craft. There is a there's a lot. There's more and more to do. Right. Well, it, eating out, I guess you know. But as far as like you know, there's not a whole lot of uh, local events. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Th- there's a community of of creative people that's supported by the university and, and you know Luca and Casp and. Uh, those organizations so you know there's some people to kind of like you know look up to and to find mentors and uh, but also the horizon here you can look up at the sky you can just drive out 10 miles and it feels like this is the only place in the world so Molly Ovens once said Lubbock is 83.3% sky yeah so there's a chance that whenever you do something here you feel like I can make it and uh, and I think that's because you know, especially growing up in West Texas, like I, I felt uh, like not as small of a fish in this big pond. And so you know, it's not as crushing as you know if you're doing something in Dallas and you're competing against all these people that have money, time, and and energy to compete at that level. You know, here you can actually get pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm working on this project with Scott Ferris, and you know I had this really interesting experience because you know growing up as a, a creative person in in this area, you know there's there's only one amusement park studios, and you know that's Scott Studio. I mean there's Digital Base um, that does some stuff, but you know it's it's just a little different. And so that's the only studio I knew in town. The only, you know, place that was doing stuff at a, a national level. Um, he just released uh, Flatland Calvary's second album. Went 14, I think, overall. Oh, really? Yeah. Scott number, did that. Yeah, number two on the iTunes country charts when it debuted. Mm-hmm. So that's... We got some Flatland Calvary on the show. Yeah, uh, that's really big. So, you know, I've I've gone to him so many times, and I've been like, hey, man, I want to work for you. Or, hey, man, I want to do something. Or, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, ah, you know, if I could just get in there and, you know, maybe I could do something. And he turned me down. And it was really embarrassing. And, and you know, it hurt a lot of times. But here recently, he approached me, and he's like, hey, I want to do something. I'm like, sure, man. So, you know, send him a proposal. Send him an email. I said, hey, you know what? This is how much it's going to cost. But I, I value the opportunity. I'm new to this. Let me know. I don't want to price myself out of this opportunity to work with you. And he was like, hey, man, it's all cool. But I definitely respect that you feel that way. And, you know, we've been working over the past couple of weeks on this uh, performance with LSO. It's already sold LSO. out. LSO. Yeah, Lubbock Symphony Orchestra. And uh, so we're building up. There's this great reveal and, you know, this doesn't happen very often where you're with someone that, you know, you've looked up to for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it was stressful because, like, the, the, the stakeholders 
they didn't know it was gonna they didn't know what they were gonna see so we showed it to them and uh we had this moment where you know afterwards we just turned to them like well what do you think and they didn't they didn't have anything i was like well is there anything you want us to change they're like well this is pretty great and that was the conversation. You did well, Daniel. And yeah, and there my is my someone I look up to, and he says, "I knew you could do it. That's why you're here." I'm like, "Heck yeah, man! Right. That's a great feeling, you know." So I would say that if it, there are so many mentors in my life right now. You're one of them. Scott's one of them. Brandon Darby is definitely one of them. And uh, I'm in a pretty good place. There's a lot of, you know, men that are pulling me up. And uh, that's a pretty good feeling. Yeah. So that's the mentorship. Well, I would say that's the story. The lesson is, is that it didn't really... I, I'm sure I've had mentors in the past, but it wasn't until I became coachable that they re- it really started to matter. It's coachable, but you know what the other portion of it is? Rave on, buddy. Yeah, dude. Rave on. Yeah. You just got to do what you're good at, make your great contribution to the world, and then rave on. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, it feels pretty good. Well, good for you. Things are cool, man. So, I'm going to go out and buy some prints tonight, and then check out your inventory. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a couple. Do you have something? Do you have anything online that people can go look at? Oh, um, I probably should have asked you before the show so you could put something together. Yeah, I should have put something together. I mean, you can go to my website. It's a portfolio website. Um, it's uh, Daniel the Digital Guru dot com. <laughs> no, it's uh, ivadp.com. IV. Right. Like I'm getting an IV in my arm. Like the Roman numeral four. But that means what? Like, this is the most millennial thing. I know, man. IVP80. IVADP.com. IVP means what? It means 480p, which is a standard definition. That's the television I grew up watching. And, uh, you know, that's I wanted to set a standard and also kind of, you know, uh, respect okay. the people so before. 480p. Yeah, it's 480p. Respect the people before. Yeah, respect the people who were doing it before they had a computer. When they were they were making the television by hand, you know, or cutting the tape. Or uh, it's difficult, you. man. Being respectful of elders. Well, yeah, you yeah. know, because I can make something on my own pretty quickly with the technology that I have. But I mean, just to come up with the graphic back then, no way. No, it's very difficult. Well, Daniel, I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. It's always good to have you out here. It's almost like a, it's an opportunity for me just to vent at the week that was. You just find a way to push my buttons, and I just start going. With a lot of commentary, it's it's therapeutic. Yeah, I'm glad. Thanks I'm, for coming out. I'm glad it helps. Uh, I'm going to go get that that bird scooter across the street. Yeah, put it in your truck. I'm going to take it home. <laughs> And maybe it'll be on my sidewalk in the morning, and we'll go play with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and the kiddos. You know, a decent side hustle is charging those things. If you got a truck and the storage 
to sign up to be a charger. Wait, I can go pick that thing up, and they aren't going to, like, track it and make it detonate or anything, right? No. I can just throw it in the back of my truck. Oh, yeah, for sure. And take it back to my house. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how much they're policing or keeping track of those uh, those Lime scooters. So I just go download a Lime app. Yeah. You and, da- and attach a credit card. Yep. And, and it charges you, like, I think a dollar per mile or something like that. Yeah, we're going to go have a big time. Yeah. Hey, uh, big time next week. We're going to have Bud Kennedy back on the program. We're going to be talking about this 2.5% cap. Uh, we're going to have our friend Matt Dotre, Ross Ramsey. Tried to get Brandon Darby in here. He's been so busy at the border. Um, Try to get Darby in here as well. Some Erica Greeter. Great guests and appreciate you. If you have any things that you'd like us to cover on the program... By all means, send me an email. But don't send me 10 emails. Um, J-A-Y at OthersideOfTexas.com or you can just tweet at me at J-A-Y-L-E-E-S-O-N. You can find us on Facebook, Other Side of Texas, at O-S-T-X Show on Twitter. Uh, We have an Instagram. Uh, We might start that. We have an Instagram. I'm, I'm not using it as much because uh okay what is it though i think it's at the other side of texas other side of texas other side of texas yeah for daniel the digital millennial guru on a therapeutic friday that's just what we're going to start calling therapeutic friday wish you well for you wish you well this weekend thank you for listening a lot of people listen on the weekends right yeah sunday's our biggest day uh appreciate you tuning in we'll see you next time right here on the other side of texas Rave on, buddies. Rave on.